0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 209.
1: Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference.
0: This
2: is GSPN.TV. Join the community.
0: everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting. Whether you're a brand new podcaster just getting started, or you haven't even recorded your first show yet, there's something we can all do to take our show to that next level. Got a lot of exciting things to uh, share with you today, and going to answer a lot of your questions as well. Well, my friends, uh, I'll tell you what, I am going to start off with the biggest news of the week in my world, if you don't mind. Uh, I am totally pumped up, totally excited about an opportunity that came my way like last minute. I mean, seriously, last minute. And uh, it it is so exciting uh, for me personally. Now, you obviously listening to this are very interested in podcasting. Otherwise, why would you be listening to this? And being that you're interested in podcasting, you probably understand the value of social media um, and blogging and new media and all this other stuff and there's a very high likelihood that you may have heard of the industry conference known as Blog World and New Media Expo. Now, Blog World and New Media Expo is is really it it actually started out it was just Blog World which was huge in and of itself and then they started out Podcast Expo a couple years back and then they uh, turned it into Podcast and New Media Expo and then it was just the New Media Expo and then the New Media Expo got purchased and rolled into uh, Blog World. So it got pu- purchased by Blog World. And so uh, for the last two years now, it's been the it's been Blog World and New Media Expo. Well, uh, until recently, this was held in Las Vegas, Nevada, Nevada every year. And this year, they're actually uh, they're changing things up quite a bit. They're actually having two, two Blog World and New Media Expos uh, this year. One in New York City and one in Los Angeles in the fall. The one in New York City is actually coming up in 12 days from the day I'm recording this, which is Thursday, May 12th, 2011. And now I just got an invitation uh, from the organizers over there at Blog World and New Media Expo about, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks ago, just been trying to work out the details. Uh, somebody from there had sent me a tw- uh, direct message on Twitter and said, "Hey, are you available? Are you coming to Blog World Expo? If not, uh, can we talk about potentially having you here if you can make it?" And so uh, I said, "Why don't you email me? We'll work out some details." And it turns out that uh, basically what they wanted to do is is they said, "You know, we're we're going to create a new speaking session." Uh, at BlogWorld, and we want to invite uh, Mike Rotman from Streaming Garage, and we want to invite you to share a one-hour session where you both can share your stories in in your digital media experience. Because what's going on is is not everybody out there is privy to just what is possible with you know starting out small starting out maybe even as a hobby and then and then building something that is making a difference in the world and so that's exactly what they wanted they wanted to know if i would come to blog world expo and new media expo and share my story with the folks at blog world i'm like would i want to absolutely now here's the here's the thing normally I would need, especially for traveling to New York and staying there and and all this other stuff, I'd need plenty of time to know ahead of time. Of course, I'm teaching a podcasting A to Z course with, uh, actually, we'll get to this in a moment, but with uh, 19 and soon to be 20 students in the May May class. Again, I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, so I would need, you know, I've I've got this class going on. How am I going to do this? And then I got the thinking, it's like, well, wait a second. Me working today isn't like when I was working in, in the in the insurance agency. You know, I am not, sometimes I forget that I am not tethered to this office. I am not tethered to the computer that sits in front of me to do the work that I do. And in fact, it, it, it kind of all works out it's in, a, in a way. I love how God's provision always kind of just works out the details ahead of time. But normally, I would need to be home uh, if I wasn't doing a podcasting A to Z course, because I would have all kinds of consulting appointments uh, for this, you know, the week of the expo. And I would have to be here for those to do, you know, to do pretty much everything I would want to do. Um, I could pull those off even if I wanted to, but I can't imagine trying to do go to meeting and, you know, a, a phone call and, and trying to record all of that and, and doing all that portably in a hotel room. That would be a little bit crazy. But with my, my uh, podcasting A to Z course, it's all done basically through communicating through an online discussion group. And I'm there answering their questions all day long. And the only thing I've got on my schedule is Friday I have to be back for a, uh, a one, one to two hour webinar, a web conference that I'm doing with my class on each and every Friday. And I'm like, you know, as long as I can be back by Friday, I can pull this off. So I worked out all the details, got uh, travel arrangements all put down, and, and uh, reserved a hotel a couple blocks from the uh, convention center, and I accepted this invitation. You can find out full details, by the way at uh, PodcastAnswerMan.com slash BWE2011NYC. Uh, of course, there'll be links to that in the show notes, but really all you need to do is go to PodcastAnswerMan.com, just scroll down, you'll see uh, where it says, uh, I'm speaking at Blog World and New Media Expo. So I'm very excited, um, obviously. This is this is kind of a dream come true for me to be able to be recognized uh, for what's going on and and what I've been able to accomplish through new media and, and, uh, to, to be able to be invited to share that story to such a a wonderful group of people at blog world. Uh, and, and, And not to mention, you know, just, I'm excited about what this means for my own exposure in my business, because I mean, this is this, I mean, we're talking thousands of bloggers, thousands of bloggers, and we're not talking just, you know, you know, Somebody's got a blogspot.com account that just fires it up and writes a little post here and there. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But what I'm talking about is we're talking about thousands of bloggers who will pay hundreds or even thousands of, you know, a a minimum of $1,000 or more to travel to, you know, as much as $2,000 to travel to New York City, stay there for a couple of days, pay a couple hundred dollars for this conference. These are serious bloggers. And these are bloggers who who are, in my mind, they're bloggers like Pat Flynn, all right? Pat Flynn was somebody who was already a blogger, already very recognized in the blogging world, had a massive subscription base to his blog. and And here, the thing is, is he had never yet done, he had never done... A podcast before he'd always wanted to. He'd always heard about it, and I'm like, he he just he, it's like he just never got around to it because he just didn't know where to turn, and there was so much conflicting information. And guess who he hired? He hired me, and now his 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 blog readership has even skyrocketed even more. His podcast was an immediate success because of his existing audience as a blogger, and and there are thousands of Pat Flynn's who are going to be at Blog World and New Media Expo. I am absolutely flabbergasted at this opportunity and, and very excited. And so, yes, I am going to Blog World and New Media Expo. This, th- My friends, I was sharing in my um, podcasting A to Z course with, um, I th- who was this? This was uh, Richard Burning. Uh, he's one of my students in my class. He's also a longtime client of mine. And we came down to um, talking about what his goals were, what he's going to try to accomplish with podcasting and new media efforts in his own business. And if you, I don't think he would mind if I actually uh, read to you his introduction. He says, thanks for the chance to introduce myself to everyone. I really... H- Happy and excited to be here. It was a no brainer for me to sign up for Cliff's course. Um, being Cliff's client in the past and an avid fan of his podcast, I'm Cliff's poster child for good intentions not leading to substance yet. However, since I've been too easily frustrated by the exp- expected roadblocks in this sort of endeavor, so time my uh, let's see here. So time to finally start my marketing. Uh, start making a steady progress. Okay, this is where it would be really great, by the way. This is where it would be really great for me to do post-production editing. Anyway, he says, I'm a father and husband. Uh, let's see here. three In my day job and often my night and weekend job, I'm a physician in a solo practice in Connecticut. I tend to be nerdy, according to my wife, but I'll admit it too. Uh, I love computers and techno- technical things, so I've started to learn about creating websites and build a couple so far. I've also begun a master's course, online mostly, in medical informatics, and will be developing the, that expertise in uh, creden- that and con- credential in the next two to three years while building my relatively new medical practice. I have two main ideas for future podcasting, and both involve sharing what I've learned since graduating from formal school my current and main project is aimed at teaching other doctors about all aspects of starting and managing a private medical practice. It won't include much clinical information, but rather more business aspects, as, but also career success and etc. Uh, he says, uh, and everything else a doctor might need to know about uh, how to live life fully and successfully. I have a co-host and we've recorded a few episodes using the equipment equipment I've purchased from Cliff in the past few weeks that I haven't that I haven't released because I knew I was taking this course and I wanted to learn more about editing, etc. I'm also in the process of revising my website and anticipation of going live soon. My website is privatepractice.md. Yes, that's .md, not .com. Although I've also I also own privatepracticemd.com and we'll point that to my md.md MD main site, my, and this is where it gets good. My I'm going to be. Let's see here. My podcasting goal is to interview experts in all various areas, uh, areas of doctoring. Uh, let's see here. And everyone, I, I don't know what he meant means by that, but anyway, uh, he's going to do a lot of um, expert interviews. He, uh, let's see here, I'm going to be an uh, an editor and publisher and also doing all, no, let's see here, and after doing all this, hopefully we'll develop expertise to become a consultant to doctors in private practice, uh, a dying breed, I'll admit, and I actually, let's see, and actually to doctors in all types of practices. Healthcare in the United States is going through all kinds of changes, as you know, change brings opportunity the way I see it. So anyway, you know, working with Rich and and reading his goals and stuff like that, I was told I told him I said, you know, hey Rich, I'm so delighted to hear about uh, then you know, the few episodes that you've already recorded and to know that you're moving forward. And I, I said, I know that the goals that you're working towards are quite obtainable and I've witnessed several other folks do exactly what you're trying to do in other niche fields. So here is the formula that I put into here, and this is oversimplified quite a bit, and it certainly does not take into account the time frame that this happens, but here's where I see the formula, all right? And matter of fact, I'm going to pause for a second while I copy and paste this for the show notes. All right, the formula goes like this. Number one, introduce yourself to your audience. Be authentic and relatable. This is the first and foremost. Just be yourself. Get let people get to know the real you. Uh, share your story. Share your background. Share your share who you are, and share the real you. Be authentic. Be relatable. This is this is this this is the formula that I've seen uh, be the most successful. And this isn't this isn't a formula that I followed. This was just the natural progression of things that I did and it is the formula that i've seen kind of appear make itself known when i evaluate people who have achieved great online success in building a brand. So number 1, introduce yourself to your audience, be authentic and be relatable. You know, not it's not be professional, be above everybody else, be better than everyone else, be a know-it-all, but it's it's be authentic and be relatable. And sometimes when you actually are reading an entire you know, introduction that, um, you know, that you mess up and stumble. It doesn't mean that you have to go back and post-produce it. The fact is, is that, you know, I should have pre-read that. It, the whole idea of bringing and reading Richard's uh, bio just came to me as I was recording this episode. And yeah, I could go back and edit it and I could make myself look pr- professional and, and save you guys five minutes of audio in this episode. But at the same time, I want to be relatable and I want you guys to know that, you know, you can make mistakes and you can just move forward and and just know that people out there make mistakes and and be relatable. Anyway, share what you know with your audience for the purpose of improving their lives. Now, there, I believe this. I believe give away as much free information as you can possibly give. Just give it away. Be, just share this. And, and it's not for the purpose of getting in return, although that definitely happens. There, there's no question. The theory of reciprocity totally kicks in. But share with your audience what, what you know already for the purpose of improving their lives, of benefiting others. You know, do it to serve your audience. All right. Share what you're learning as you continue your journey in what it is that you do related to your subject matter. So I'm always sharing what's going on. You know, I'm I'm taking the first 20 minutes of this episode just to share with you how I've got you know to the place where finally I'm being in, I'm being invited to Blog World New Media Expo as a as a one of their featured speakers. This is amazing and and I just can't believe it, but it's awesome and actually I do believe it, uh, which is very cool as well. Anyway, so share what you're learning as you continue uh, down your journey. When you make a mistake, let people know. When you find something that's not working the way you think it should, let people know. doesn't mean you always have to find the solution yourself. Maybe you can share it with your audience and let them show their expertise and giving you advice as well. All right. The next one is become the can't live without source of information and inspiration in your niche field. That's what I hope to accomplish. That's one of my goals with Podcast Answer Man. I want to make it, my goal is to make it to where you guys cannot stand to miss a single episode of Podcast Answer Man. My goal is to create this podcast to be such a podcast that if I didn't actually release an episode over the next 10 days that 90% of you would email me and say dude where are you at i did i miss something that you'd go to the website and see if there if for some reason the feed was broken you, that you would miss me you know i want to be that can't live without source of not just information but also for inspiration and so that's what you you want to be an encourager you want to be an somebody who inspires somebody and you want to be that source of can't live without information and inspiration the next thing is that you become a sought after speaker consultant and coach and for me it actually started out as consultant and coach and and yes i have had people invite me to speak and 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 yes podcamps are great and i don't look down upon podcamps at all but the, but being invited and actually now i considered myself to finally have achieved the status of sought after speaker because they sought me out they they're they're making some things happen uh, and, and stuff like that. I, I, I can finally check this one off the list, become salt after speaker. I I was, I I literally, I was told by some folks a long time ago that I couldn't achieve the status of where I am right now until I had a book. That, that, that's something somebody told me once. And of course I want to write a book and I will write a book eventually, possibly, maybe, (laughs) I've got a ton I've got a I've got two hundred and eight audio books. You can listen to them. They're called the Podcast Answer Man. And they're all available for free. Uh 209 now. Anyway, but so seriously though, somebody told me I couldn't I would never be invited to speak at an industry conference unless I had a book. And that that's proven to be wrong. And so uh I've actually and what I haven't told you is I have been invited Uh, To speak at another conference, I'm not going to mention what it is until I decide whether or not to officially accept that one. So yes, I can tell you right now that it's taken me five and a half years. And I'm not kidding. It's been five and a half years. But I am now a sought after speaker. I love it. I'm excited about this. All right. And then, of course, the next step in the process is just all kinds of amazing things start to happen. The, it, it, it's the momentum. There's there's just something about getting the ball rolling. It was slow at first. And then things start to happen as you continue to move forward. My friends, I'm going to look back at this board behind me. And I'm going to tell you the important things that you need to have to, to, to really make this formula work for you. Number one, you need to have passion. Number two, you need to have at, some, at least some minimum raw talent for what it is that you're, you're going into as far as your, as your niche field. Um, determination is absolutely a must because there are a lot of hurdles, there are a lot of roadblocks, and there's a lot of lulls in income and in uh, inspiration at times. Uh, so you need to have determination. You have to have self-discipline. But here's the, here's the cool thing is you can develop self-discipline. And, uh, and, and that's something I didn't have at first. And it's something I have a lot more of today than I did five and a half years ago. And then I believe you have to have faith. And, and of course I am talking about my own personally. I believe that I have to have faith that this is what God's calling me to do. And, and so, yes, there is very much the spiritual element of of faith that I believe is necessary to achieve that, that has been responsible for me achieving some of the, well, everything that I've achieved. And, um, but at the same time, I think you have to have also faith that, you know, that this is the right thing, that this is the, that you, there's no doubt in your mind that this is what you should pursue. And when you actually come to that level, I, I believe it really helps. And then of course, if you are married, I I believe hands down, you must have the support of your spouse. I've had people disagree and argue with me on that point. That's fine. Uh, I don't argue back. I just say that I personally believe that if you're married, your spouse needs to be on board as well. All right. It just, you know, I mean, yeah, for me, my marriage is forever and that's important. And I'm so thankful uh, that, that that's how things have worked out for me. That She's on board and uh, you know, she's delighted that I'm going to New York city. She's celebrating that with me. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm just totally excited. So Yeah you know, who knows what's going to happen. So, um, anyway, the thing is, is the, um, the expo is happening, uh, in 12 days from today, May 24th through 26th. Um, I am going to be speaking on Thursday, uh, the, um, Thursday, May 26th at 9 a.m. So I don't know how big of a turnout, uh, will be there at first thing at 9 a.m. in the morning, but hey, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have a great time and, Uh, not to mention the amazing amount of other sessions that I'm going to go and and the experience I'm going to have to learn from so many other experts in their fields. And and so I'm looking forward to that in a very big way. Also, if you happen to be in the New York City area uh, anytime on Monday, go ahead and head over to the blog post that I told you about. Uh, There is a link to a meetup that I'm hosting. In fact, if I click there now, I am going to go over to my meetup, and I am going to tell you that uh, Aaron Benedict, Sharon Mosley, Fred Firestein, Murray Solomon, and Melissa Wesselson, uh I'm I'm meeting up with uh, those uh, five people, and I'm sure that between now and uh, Monday, May twenty third. I'm sure we'll probably have at least, if I had to guess, I would say we have at least 10 or 15 people from the GSPN and Podcast Answer Man communities. I'm hosting a meetup and we're going to explore New York City together. This is only my second time in the big city. And so the last time I didn't do nearly enough touristy things. And so I I planned an extra day. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be able to stay up uh, and, and keep up with all of the stuff with podcasting uh, A to Z. And I'm going to experience a great meetup on Monday evening with people in the GSPN and Podcast Answer Man community. And I'm also going to have a great week at this conference. And um, I can do all of that and run my business. And this is an amazing thing. So there you go. 23 minutes on that topic. Uh, Again, I would love if you're going to Blog World New Media Expo, please let me know that. I'd love to, to at least get to meet you there and, 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 and stuff like that face-to-face. And if you're going to be in New York City on Monday, May 23rd, please do consider coming to my meetup. Um, it's going to be a blast, and we're going to have fun. And uh, that's, that's all on the website. All right, uh, let's turn to some listener calls so I can stop talking for a minute and get a glass of water. And uh, here is Mark Mason. Mark, take it away.
3: Cliff Ravenscraft, this is Mark Mason from MasonWorld.com in Dallas, Texas, and this is a question for the podcast answer man. As you know very well, I have a Heil PR40 microphone with the Mackie 802 mixer, and I absolutely love them. I'm on my cell phone now, not on the Heil, as you can plainly tell. But I have a question about the gain controls on my channel for the uh, for the Mackie mixer. I noticed that. I've got to turn the Heil PR40 gain all the way up, almost all the way to the right in order to get a sound level that's acceptable, and I'm wondering if that's normal for a dynamic microphone. I don't have a lot of experience with dynamic mics. I was a, con- I was a condenser mic guy before I met you. I'm thrilled with my, my mic, but I, I kind of feel like I wish I had a little, more, uh, a little more gain in the microphone. I'm wondering if that's normal and uh, what you think about that and what those settings typically are on the mic side, the preamp side on the mixer. Hey, thanks a lot. Love what you do. Want to encourage all your listeners to get over to the plus side and uh, and support what you're doing here. And by the way, every single product I've ever bought from you, Cliff, and, man, I bought a bunch of stuff from you by now, has been absolutely fantastic. You are over-the-top, man. And I love everything about everything that you do. Thank you so much, and God bless. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Mark, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for all the uh, digital training products that you've purchased. Uh, I, I do see that you have purchased quite a few, so I appreciate that. And, uh, and and he talked about Plus membership on the Plus side. If you want more details about that, just head over to gspn.tv slash plus. But to answer your question, your Heil is a dynamic microphone. You're used to having a condenser microphone, which is powered and and it's got all some uh, you know it's got a, a lot of sensitivity to it that'll pick up just about anything and everything. So you're used to keeping the gain or the trim way down on the preamp on your on your mixer. But that's not going to be the case with a dynamic microphone. A dynamic microphone is not powered, and so you do need that preamp to kind of ca- to amplify what comes in from the microphone. Now, where I have my setting at right now on my Mackie 1402 VLZ3 mixer, I am currently looking at my gain at 1 o'clock. Now, the thing is, though, is uh, I am recording uh, out of the mixer into my line-in input of my digital audio recorder, and my digital audio recorder gain input is turned all the way up. So... um, if you wanted to be able to back off of your gain on your preamp so that you could have a little bit more wiggle room in there, um, then what you would need to do is whatever recording device that you're using, you need to amplify the gain on that. The, the thing is, though, is you you said that you're happy with the sound where it's at, almost turned all the way up. Uh, and a, Now, the thing is, by the way, if you are using a Behringer 1202 mixer, a Behringer or a Behringer 1204 mixer, uh, a Behr, let's see here, a Behringer, well, all of those Behringer mixers, yes, I mean we're talking your your gain is almost maxed to the max, and and that is a very typical setting on a a Behringer mixer. Uh, but yeah, so the, the only way that I would recommend that you could, you know, get that turned down just a little bit, if you wanted to, would be you'd have to actually amplify the gain on your recording device, whether it be your computer or your digital audio recorder. But it's quite typical; it's quite normal. And I, and in a way, I almost wish Mark that you would have called that, in, uh, recorded that feedback into your high microphone and sent me the audio recording, and I would say, hey, if it sounds great, then. Why bother? I mean, you, you actually do the fine tuning of your audio using the slider or the the knob volume control at the bottom of that channel. Really, once you get your once you get your um, your trim or your gain set on your mic, you really shouldn't ever need to mess with it. Not at all. In fact, um, I can't. I, I don't think that I've touched my gain on my mics uh, probably for the last two and a half years. I, I can't imagine that, that I've changed it once. So, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's turned all the way up. As long as you're getting the right audio and you're not getting this. Now, I am going to touch it to do this, all right? I am going to turn, okay, so I just turned my gain all the way up. Now, I have to get away from my microphone, otherwise it's too loud. But you want to avoid this where, you know, your, your gain is turned all the way up and, and you hear the echo of the room. And uh, you know, the echoes of the walls when you're looking around and stuff like that. If you if that's what you're getting and you want to have your microphone, you know, what is that, 12 inches, 18 inches away from you, then yeah, you can do that. But uh it, it's going to it's gonna sound like this. So what I recommend is is getting your gain set to where you don't hear the uh the echo of the room, but instead you actually are are right up on the microphone. And I always recommend on a Hile microphone they, and, and any dy- dy- dynamic microphone for that matter, that you get right up there within uh, two to three inches and really no further than three inches away. Because here, is, here, here I am at two and a half inches away from my microphone. And here I am as, at about nine inches away from my microphone. So there's a big difference there. All right, so there we go. I hope that answers your question. And next up, we are going over to Kirk, who has a question about sample rates for recording. Hi, Cliff. This is Kirk with RotaryClubRadio.com, a
3: podcast about Rotary Clubs and Rotary International. I have a question for the podcast Answer Man. It is in regards to episode 202, where you talked specifically about recording into the wave format and then later turning it into an MP3. My recorder is the H4N Zoom, and it has a combination of several different settings, and I'm wondering which one is the best setting to record into for a wave. It uh, starts with 44 kilohertz and moves up to 48 and 96 kilohertz, and then each one of those has a combination of 16-bit and 24-bit. I'm wondering what the best setting is to keep the file size small, but the quality still high. Hopefully, we'll hear from you soon and keep up the great work and what you're doing.
0: All right, Kirk, I'm not going to go into a lot of details here about the different options, although I will give you this much information. 44.1 kilohertz, it's actually 44 and, you, and it is 0.1. Uh, kilohertz, and then you also want 16-bit. That's my recommendation. I will tell you this. If you go to 48 kilohertz, will you get better audio quality if you play it back? Yes. However, on many flash audio players out there, and you might say to yourself, well, I don't even have a flash audio player, so I don't really care about that. Well, you can syndicate. There are some other sites out there that are going to actually pick up and syndicate on your on your RSS feed from time to time. And those sites may employ a flash audio player. And I think it would be horrible if your audio starts to like this with the audio player. And I just did all that with my mouth. But that's exactly what it would have sounded like. It would have, it would have sounded like it was cutting in and out and, and very, very inaudible. But um, so yeah, 44.1, do not do 48 kilohertz per second. Um, and, uh, 16 bit versus 24 bit, 24 bits, obviously going to be a better audio quality, but to be honest with you, we're not creating CDs here. Uh, you know, we're not cutting masters of albums. We're recording audio podcasting content, 16 bits, perfect 44.1, 16 bit. Hope that helps you out there. And we're going to move on to Sean J. Roberts.
1: This question is for the podcast answer, man. This is Sean Roberts. And I have a question about using feed burner with a podcast, I'm currently using FeedBurner to feed my podcast um, out of Libsyn and into iTunes and other places. But somewhere in the transition in Google Apps, where they transitioned from one platform to a newer one, I've had some problems. And one of the things that's been caught is FeedBurner. I have a personal Google account and a Google Apps account. I can no longer access the feed that is going into iTunes through either account. I log into the personal account, and it shows me several feeds, none of which are the feed that's going into iTunes. I log into my Google Apps account into FeedBurner, and it shows me no feeds. It gives me an opportunity to claim feeds, but nothing works as far as getting to this feed. So I've got a feed that's active out there that I cannot control or even get to. I assume it will continue to update if, if I go into Libsyn and post a new podcast, but not having control over it seems like it could be a problem. I've done a lot of research and forms and things like that, and I'm not finding any kind of good solutions. I've looked at the temporary password and and things like that. I just wondered if you had any thoughts on this, what I can do. I, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Well,
0: Sean, first and foremost, I am so sorry to hear that you are going through that issue. Um, and this is one issue with Google that, that is very difficult for many people who have um, Google accounts and then a Google Apps account. And then, of course, yes, Google Apps uh, for business, those, um, those are, are currently forcing people to go through a transition to their their new platform. Now, a couple different things here. Um, First and foremost, I I have looked at a link that Sean had sent me, and I do recognize that he uh, pointed to a a help and support forum of somebody who supposedly found a workaround and a solution that, uh, that Sean has not been able to duplicate for himself. And what's going on here is the feeds are still there. His account is still there. And I want to first assure you that, yes, your feeds will continue to feed uh, normally. You can continue to put out episodes, and the feed feed feeds going to automatically work in the background. Uh, the, you know, the, It's not going to stop working just because you can't currently access the account. The thing is, though, if something was going wrong with the feed and the feed did stop working... Which really the most common occurrence of that happening is, is if your original feed is too large, uh, then, then FeedBurner will stop reading the feed until you reduce the size of the RSS feed to less than 512 kilobytes. Uh, but anyway, that, that's the only thing. So I don't think you need to worry about that just yet, but yeah, obviously you would not be able to get in and fix something if, if you wanted to, you wouldn't be able to go in and update your, your image. You wouldn't be able to update your description, your categories and iTunes, whatever the case may be. So this is a, this is an issue and I can't, I can't imagine how frustrated I would be if I were in your shoes. Um, a couple different things. I will tell you that you're going to probably have to continue to search through support, uh, and at one point, you will eventually be able to get into a place where you can contact somebody at Google through those support forums. It, it, I mean, it's a big, huge company, multi, you know, multiple millions of of users and all this other stuff. So it's not the easiest thing to do. I happen to believe, though, you have a virtual assistant, if I'm not mistaken, Sean. And this is something I would probably employ. My, uh, I, I would, I would charge my uh, VA with the task of, of getting to the bottom of accessing this. And I would say that, you know, if, if you have a very high quality VA, they probably would be able to get to this within, uh, within a total of less than an hour to two hours of, of their time. And I know that you as a lawyer, this is this, you know, your time is extremely valuable and extremely, uh, you know, um, expensive. So, so affordable or, or, you know what I'm saying? Extremely valuable. So I would say, have your VA, see if they can't get to the bottom of this for you. Um, but you're going in the right direction. Now I will say this, that, um, I had, I had originally did a Google account, just a regular Google account. That's how I originally signed up everything for FeedBurner. Now I had, I was one of the early adopters of the, the new, Google Apps platform, so I had already did the transition when it first came out, and that was before I moved my Feedburner account over to my Apps Google Apps account. And so um, once I had my Google Apps account working, then I went to Feedburner and says, "Hey, sure enough, you have your your feeds over here, or you can start setting up your first feeds." And then I went over to my Gmail and I did the whole transfer. Uh, I didn't do their automated transfer. Instead, I actually personally went in and said, "You know, please, tr- please transfer rights to Cliff at Ravenscraft.org," and I m- manually took over the rights um, to each one of those feeds. And of course, I had more than thirty different feeds, and it took some time. But that's the way I transitioned over. Uh, but then again, I was an early adopter, and so I have I've not experienced this problem. Um, I don't have any. I don't have any other reports of anybody else having this issue uh, that you're experiencing, but man, um, the only thing I can say is continue to try to find the help through support, and um, you know, and, and please let me know. Keep us updated on what you did find out. The one thing I can say for sure is that I still believe that with your feed burner account, that your feeds are in good hands with Google, and I do believe that. This probably will will likely be the only issue, and hopefully the only issue uh, of frustration such as this that you're going to experience with Google managing your feeds through Feedburner. And uh, it is unfortunate that that you know they're going through this transition and forcing you through it as at the same time as millions of other people. And and so therefore support uh, from them is is difficult to get at this moment in time. But I I have no doubt that. That number one, if you didn't do anything, I would imagine that it'll all work itself out within a couple weeks. But uh, obviously, I don't think that I would set easy with that, nor do I think you would as well. So I would continue to search for that. And if anybody else out there listening right now, this is this is what I was saying before. I don't have to be the answer man for everything. I don't have to know it all. And I'll 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 admit to you this first time this has come up. So if anybody else has experienced this issue, please. Let me know. Give us a call, 859-795-4067, and uh, give some advice here to our good friend, Sean, who, by the way, uh, Sean, I just wanted to point out real quick, I loved your blog post on your site this week. Uh, Podcasting is powerful is the title of his blog post. I'm going to provide a link to it in the show notes, but uh, let me read to you what he wrote on his blog. He says, I love podcasting, primarily as a consumer of many podcasts and a participant in a few. I have never doubted the po- that podcasting uh, provides a unique opportunity to communicate. I have wondered what the reach of podcasting. I have wondered what the reach of podcasting is. Recently, I was reminded that podcasting is powerful. It provides ordinary people with an opportunity to have extraordinary conversation, conversation. Attorneys Robert Imbrogi uh, and J. Craig Williams have a podcast called Lawyer to Lawyer, in which, not surprisingly, they discuss law. The most recent episode was an interview of Chief Judge Alex Kaczynski, I believe, a giant in the legal community, and the chief judge of the of a court one step below the Sup- Supreme Court of the United States. Many judges do not talk publicly and the ones that do tend to talk with C-SPAN or CNN. Neither of these guys appear to have a background in show business, mainstream or was any type of celebrity prior to podcasting. They are practicing attorneys. What I find amazing and inspiring is that that two seemingly normal, obviously not uh, very, very talented, not to slight them in any way with the use of the word normal attorneys have created a platform where they can host legal superstars. Absolutely. It is unbelievable what can happen through the power of a podcast it is you do. I, I mean, I've talked to people that I would have never dreamed possible that I talking to. And not only that, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how many people who who are rightfully celebrities uh, in, in their own fields and own own area of interest who actually seek out and want to actually be featured as a guest on our various shows here at gspn.tv. So it's it's very cool stuff. Indeed. All right, Santos Ali, let's take it away with your uh, question-slash-comment here.
2: Hey, Cliff, this is uh, Santos Ali calling from Daytona, Florida. I hope you are well when you receive this. Um, been enjoying your several podcasts and has actually jumped on the community when you've been there live. I, it's been a blast. I have a quick question for you, and I'm trying to be as clear as I can. Uh, on previous episodes of Podcast Answer Man, You had mentioned that if at all costs we could avoid audacity. Well, maybe those are not your exact words, but um, because of the lame encoder and not being able to take advantage of, um, I guess, other options when it comes to tagging the converted waveform file uh, over to an MP3 file, the the metadata, if I'm saying that correct. Anyways, but my question is is I continue using the Audacity and, unfortunately, the lame encoder to convert it from wave to MP3. Then I'm running it through iTunes, and I've been able to add my lyrics, been able to add some of the uh, artwork there, uh, but I'm just not quite sure if I'm doing it correctly. I've noticed also that there is an option to change an ID3 tag. Um, I guess I'm... You know, again, I'm just not that knowledgeable in in this, but just looking for some help as far as some direction. If you have a tutorial on it, I'm sure you probably do uh, for purchase. Uh, Point me in the right direction, or if you can give me a quick tip if I'm actually doing it correct. Again, I'm running it through Audacity, converting it from Wave over to MP3. I have the correct bit rate. Um, It sounds great, but I just want to know if running it then through iTunes, I'm taking advantage of, um, doing all the things that I should be doing on it in order for it to be uh, the best, um, recording possible. Uh, take care, doing a great job. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Santos, thank you very much. And the, and I want to s- make sure that everybody hears this part of this. I Number one, I have never, ever, 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 ever told anybody to avoid Audacity. All right. Uh, Audacity is a great solution, especially for folks who don't want to pay $349 for Adobe Audition. So with that being said, I want to let you know that I believe Audacity is a great solution uh, for people who are looking for free software to edit and produce their podcast episodes, so um, now I do say, and and, and Santos, you were very very much uh, correct in that I do say avoid the lame encoder, the lame MP3 encoder at all costs. Do not touch it. I am, in fact, at this point, I recommend that you don't even install the thing. Just that way, you you have absolutely no ch- choice to even try to use it. So um, don't like the lame encoder. I do like Audacity. In fact, if on if I was on a Mac and I didn't want to spend three hundred forty nine dollars on um, on Adobe Audition, then I probably would use Audacity before I would consider using um, um, GarageBand. Just want to say. So I do like Audacity hate lame encoder. All right. So with that being said, do I have a tutorial? Yes. Audacity 101. However, I'm going to save you $100 and just give you the information here. And um, basically what I would recommend that you do is you export the file as a WAV file out of Adobe or out of Audacity and then what you want to do is you want to configure your iTunes in such a way that when you go into iTunes go to preferences and under the CD import settings change your compressor to mp3 and then change it to 128 kilobits and then what you can do is you can drag your wave file that you just finished editing in audacity you've exported it as a wave to your desktop import that into your music library inside of iTunes you can right-click on it or highlight it and click Advanced up in the menu, and then chi- uh, click where it says Create MP3 Version. It'll to convert your file from a WAV file to an MP3 at 128 kilobits per second stereo, and it will do it with the Fraunhofer encoder, which is the same encoder that's in the $349 software Adobe Audition. So that, my friend, is exactly what I would recommend. Then I would take that MP3 file, drag it back out to your desktop, because I would not recommend using iTunes for tagging your MP3's ID3 tags. Instead, I would recommend using ID3 editor. Uh, I think it does cost some money, uh, but you can find that at pa-software.com. Uh, and uh, anyway and you can also see a demonstration of exactly how to tag that using um, a tutorial that I have for free on my site at podcastanswerman.com tagging t-a-g-g-i-n-g so hopefully that was all uh, understandable if not uh, audacity 101 yes there is a tutorial there and I walk you through all of those things so hopefully that is helpful to you and next we're going back to Mark Mason again
3: Cliff Ravenscraft, Mark Mason from masonworld.com in Dallas, Texas. How are you, sir? Hey, a question for the podcast answer man. I know you're a big fan of recording into the Eterol, but of course this has the effect of mushing all your tracks down into one stereo track. And I'm wondering why don't you record into the iMac, keep your tracks separate for easy editing later, and then take the output of the iMac and run that into the eterol or maybe the output of the mixer and split it off and run it into the Edderall. Use the Edderall as a backup instead of using the Ederol as the primary recording device. That way when you get into post, you still have everything since everything in separate tracks. I've been doing that a little bit with the Mackie Firewire mixer. Of course, I'm able to easily get the channels into the iMac. That works really well for me. Just wondering what you thought of that. You get that protection from the Edderall that I know you love, but you also get the cool sweetness of multi-track recording. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Love to hear your comments on that one, Cliff. God bless.
0: All right, Mark. Yes, I'll I'll give you some thoughts on that. First and foremost, I don't currently have a, a mixer with FireWire or USB, and I purposely chose not to get one because in my experience, um, there is a very high... Uh, percentage of, of times where when you actually hook up a mixer between the or a cable between your mixer and your computer using firewire or USB that it introduces uh, sometimes either a ground loop noise or a buzz or a hiss or sometimes all of the above. Uh, I see that happen quite a bit and it's way too often in, of an occurrence for me to even want to play around with myself or or try to diagnose with each and every single client. So I, I don't do it for that reason. Uh, the other one is um, that I'm not looking for protection from crash software is the only reason why I record into a digital audio recorder. Uh, and, and one of the other reasons is just recording into a computer. I, I find that probably I think it's probably about nine out of 10 times introduces a noticeable noise floor that requires noise, noise reduction. And I just don't like that idea at all. I don't even, I don't want to run noise reduction on my file. I think that it, it, it sometimes, it actually takes the, the audible portions of my audio and adjusts, adjusts them. Uh, even if it's slight, I just don't like the adjustment at all. So I don't like running noise reduction at, at all. I don't like a noise floor. And so that's another reason why I don't do that. And also, um, Pretty much, I don't do post production. Um, I, I, the only post production I do is run a multi band compressor on my files th- through uh, Adobe Audition. And I really don't find myself uh, out of the last 2,600 episodes that I've recorded needing to go in and edit out anything on either end. Um, so I've actually got a good process and workflow for making sure my audio levels are mixed right before I hit the record button. Uh, and, uh, you know, the only occasional benefit I could see of recording into a multiple track is if I was interviewing you, for example, and you had a dog barking in the background while I was talking, I suppose I could go in and edit that part out. But the way that I approach those things is I actually talk about the dog barking and I kind of just let that real life uh, shine within my, my content. You know, I was doing an interview with somebody. Uh, who was interviewing me for their podcast and uh, I recorded everything on my end or I, or they may have recorded that one on their end but anyway it, uh, it was on a Monday night and my lawn guy that that does our lawn here at the house came through and he's out there with his weed eater right outside of my studio window and I didn't know that was gonna happen and uh, we could have dumped that interview to be honest with you it would have you know it would have actually caused an issue even if he had multi-track because it was so loud. Uh, you know, when he was, when I was doing the talking, which he was interviewing me, um, it was going in the background the whole time. So we just lived into it and we actually had a lot of fun with it. And I think it added a lot of uh, um, relatability, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, if you, if you're, if you've got that working for you, Mark, I'm glad that you do. I, th- there obviously are benefits to recording in multi-track. I I acknowledge them. I agree with them. I love the fact that you are using, uh, you know, a a digital audio recorder as a backup. I know Leo Laporte is doing exactly the same thing. And uh, yeah, you you probably, you may not be experiencing a noise floor. And if you are, you're probably running a noise uh, reduction on it Um, and, and all of those things. So I think that's great that it's working for you. I don't, I would not recommend that people not do that. But for me personally, it's not something that I've had a desire to do. Uh, I I will admit, I did have a desire to do multi-track editing way back when I was recording into computers. Uh, But ever since I found the method that I've been using now for the last uh, four and a half years, absolutely absolutely no desire to do anything other than what I'm doing now. And it works right 100% of the time. And so I'm happy. So I'm glad that you found something that works, and and I'm that's why I've chosen to do the things the way that I've chosen to do them. All right, I think I have time for one more question, and then we'll wrap things up here. Danny, take it away.
2: Hi, this is Danny from Toronto, Canada, and I produce the Stuttering is Cool podcast at stutteringiscool.com. Stuttering so you might hear me stutter in this call. Uh, I'm I'm phoning uh to ask a question for the podcast answer man podcast uh, my question is about adobe audition cs 5.5 um the last time that i used audition was back in 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 version 2.5 i really i really loved the program but had to abandon it when i switched to mac um years ago so I'm currently and reluctantly using Audacity to to um, to edit my podcast. So I was very happy to find out about the beta for the Mac. So I downloaded it, installed it, tried it, and unfortunately was disappointed. I just couldn't seem to edit copies of a WAV file independent of each other within the same project. So an example. Is that in Audacity I uh, am able to import the same WAV file a uh, few times and to make edits to each one. However in Adobe Audition CS 5.5 it seems that if I uh, try to do that uh, whatever edits that I make to copy one for example would automatically be, be applied to copy number two. Um, now I have n- never had this happen with uh, audition 2.5 way back in, in, in the day and I wasn't able to find anything on the internet about how I can edit in the way that I hope that I can. So I know that I am missing something so I'm hoping that you can shed some light. Uh, thank you. I've been enjoying your shows. I recently found out about it um, through uh, the break with uh, Father Roderick and uh, looking forward to your future episodes. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you, Danny, for the question. And uh, to be honest with you, I've never done what you're trying to do. It sounds to me like you have one WAV file on your desktop, and you are dragging that into Audacity three different times—the same WAV file three different times. Now I know how Audacity works; it actually is converting that into its own file in the background, and each time you do it, it, it kind of it, it kind of makes it its own. Deal. So then when you do destructive editing on one of those, you know, channels, one of those, um, uh, oh, one of those tracks, then it's actually only making the adjustment to that one track. Whereas in Adobe audition, when you're dragging that file in, it's actually seeing it as the same file on your hard drive, kind of mapping it back to that original files. What I'm assuming is going on here. I think there is a way that you could try this, especially if you still have the Mac, uh, the uh, pre-release beta version. Mine's still working today as of Thursday, May 12th. Uh, this is what I would recommend doing. Take your MP3 file, right click on it on your Mac and click duplicate. And then take that one and then right click on it and click duplicate. Now you should have, you know, let's just say your file is one dot wave. Then you would have one copy dot wave, and then you would have one copy, one dot wave copy or something like that. But anyway, so you'll have three different versions of that same wave file. Now drag those three different files into your Adobe Audition, and you should be able to do some destructive editing on each one of those individually without it affecting the others. Because in, in effect, what, what you have are three different uh, wave files. And the computer will view them differently, separate from one another. I hope that works for you. If it does, then you're all taken care of. If not, I would continue to see if you can reach reach out to Adobe support to see if there's some kind of issue that's going on there for you. Anyway, my friends, uh, as I said, um, I had some exciting things I would share with you about my podcasting A to Z course. Last week, I told you that I still had a few spots open because um, I, I kind of did not give myself enough time to market it. Well, I'm excited to say that as of today, there's only one spot left and four other people who are contemplating coming in here in week two. And we actually brought in uh, two other people yesterday and uh, we've got one more spot to fill. And I'm I'm about 100% sure that that spot's going to be taken with one of the four people. And in fact, if, if there's two or if three of them, I might even just go ahead and let them in as well. But the good news here is that Podcasting A to Z... Uh, for May 2011, completely sold out uh, or will be by the end of today. And uh, I have uh, full uh, faith that I should probably get things rolling for the next one uh, so that I won't run into the same issue of not enough time. So I want to let you know, I am doing another podcasting A to Z course in July. It will start Monday, July 11th and run for five full weeks. I don't have anything on the site yet. So if you're interested in getting in go ahead and email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Hope to see
1: some of you in New York City.